Now, Seth, mm. would you like to tell our dear listeners what you just told me? Basically, listeners, um, I've got a bit of a... I wish I was anonymous on this show. Could we pretend that I that I was, like, not myself and this was, like, an agony aunt sort of scenario? So, a friend of a friend. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, so, Jay, this wasn't my problem. This was a friend of a friend um, had the issue where they were... They go to the same uni as me, Ken University. Why am I giving more information about my friend? I'm really... I don't want to incriminate them at all. But they go to Kent University and um, they were trying to watch porn last night. Disgusting. How horrible is that? You know, oh, it's derogatory. It's unrealistic. It's uh, it's exaggerated. It's it's gross. I don't touch it. Um, but he he likes it. He's into that. Um, so he was trying to get Pornhub on his phone, and he told me that usually when he's on Pornhub, the videos like give you like a, a little bit of the trailer as you scroll down uh, the Pornhub page. Mm, I don't know. I'll take his word for it. And it wasn't doing that, so he was already a bit suspicious. And when he clicked on videos, they just weren't playing. Um, so he he's afraid that the university have blocked his phone from watching porn on the Wi-Fi. Well, I mean, considering you both go to the same university, why don't why don't you check for him by doing the same on your phone? Um, so you I want to help a mate out. Yeah, no, I did that actually just to help him out. And it was the same on my phone as well. Really? Yeah. That must be a major scandal that the University of Kent is limiting their students who are adults from viewing internet content that is freely available. Do you want to put those claims out there, Seth? Um, yes, I do. Do you? <laughs> you do a law degree, remember? Yeah, I'm pretty... If you are saying things like that, that have no backup, that sounds like libel. Is porn, um... No, it's frowned upon, is it? It's not illegal, is it? Nope. Not yet. I remember at one point they were discussing um, having to enter, like, your passport information to get onto sites. Yeah, they ditched that pretty fucking quick. Yeah, I'm not surprised, um, because who has their passport to hand when they want to put someone else in their hand? Although, um, there are good ethical porn sites as well. Yeah, and Pornhub isn't one of them. <laughs> no, um, so I I think I've tried one a couple times. What's, okay. what's your opinion of, of paying for porn, Seth? Um, no, I, I don't think I would. Really? Oh, like personally, or like, like, do I have a, an opinion on charging money for porn? Well, I mean, well, let's go with both. So, why wouldn't, why would you not pay for porn? Um, because I don't. It's not like a necessary requirement for me. It's it's a treat. It's the it's a cherry on top of a long day. I, I I don't think I'd be that desperate for it. So, if you were to say treat yourself to maybe a tube of Pringles because it's just a treat you could not pay for the Pringles ooh, right? ooh, ooh. I mean the Pringle it costs money to manufacture the Pringles 
Yeah, you. So, ugh, see now. now I mean, the people who work at the Pringles company, they have to make a living somehow. And if it's just a little treat, you're you're denying the 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 workers an income, an honest income. So now, now I feel, now I feel like the questions turn to like, why aren't I paying for porn? Yeah, that's basically the question. Um, well, it's basically saying, grow the fuck up pay for porn this goes to the listeners as well this, yeah but go on the nice porn sites because they, they do exist like ethical porn sites that you know aren't ran by horrible people who like black yeah. people into doing stuff but the thing is who who pays for porn stars at the moment then if we don't this is my other query ethical people who? Ethical people. People with ethics. No, no, but like, oh, written. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I might be swayed. And the it's money not would... called sex work for no reason, Seth. The money would go to. Otherwise, the... if it, if they wanted to do it for free, they'd call it sex charity. Yeah. So, the, so the money would go to the sex workers if yeah. if we paid for it. Yeah, you can pay them directly as well. A lot of them have their own sites. Oh, like the. Uh, GoFundMe pages and stuff like that. GoFundMe pages? <laughs> no. Literal uh, websites. And, what? I mean, some people... Um, I think there's something called I Want Clips. Where, where your money goes directly to the creator of the thing that you want to watch. I'm, I'm trying to remember um, the word for... No, but what's the what's the um, site where people upload photos of themselves and people pay to see the photos and videos? We talking about OnlyFans here? Yeah, OnlyFans, that was it. Yeah, OnlyFans who who actively discriminate against the like sex workers who make up ninety percent of the site's income because they basically made a porn website and then like to pretend that it's not a porn website. All right, bashing your own thing. That's like us bashing podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, it's OnlyFans is not good. Mm. It's a it's a good idea, but the way they actual actually tackle their own existence is hypocritical and stupid and bad. Yeah, start paying for your porn. Come on, people, start. Just a, how much is is this sort of going rate? Right, by the way, do you know? Or... It depends on the content. It depends on who's made it, what the content is. A lot of the people who make content will also make, for a larger fee, custom content. So you can yeah. see the exact people you want to see the exact thing you want, provided that's something that they're willing to do. That's a nice, sort of like a personal dimension to the relationship. Well, to say it's a personal dimension to the relationship, it's a business relationship. Still, mm. it's it's like going into a cake maker and saying, <laughs> "Can you can you put the the pride flag on on the on top of the cake, please?" <laughs> it's not a personal dimension. That's just a little touch that you've asked for and that you're going to pay for. <laughs> that's a lovely, lovely analogy. Is it? 
Yeah, I really did. I really enjoyed that. I was just thinking about cake and pride flags. That was really nice. Mm. Um, I mean, I think I have heard of cases of people refusing to do that, and then lots of people getting very angry, um, and then forgetting that the 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 right to freedom of speech is also the right to refuse to speak. People refusing to do what? Sorry, what what are they refusing? They're refusing to put like. Um, LGBTQ plus um, positive messages mm. on, on cakes or things. And, oh. and, and so somebody has said, can you put yada yada on, on my cake, please? And the cake maker has said, nope, I'm not comfortable with doing that. That's not something I want to do. No, I'm not going to do that. And then people get up in arms and realizing that you that's not something that they have to do <laughs> no they're not legally bound to do the thing that you ask them to do they are a supplier and a supplier can willingly refuse to supply something as long as if you if you haven't paid them because <laughs> you're not going to pay them for something that they're not going to do so stop stop whining Hello, anyone listening? Welcome to Connecting Vague Dots with me, Seth Cox, and Jay Panels. Hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. I'm just going to take a sip of water. Mmm. Oh, that's nice. Thank you for that. You're welcome. To be fair, I literally can't complain because I slurp a lot and loudly. Seth's a slurper. I am. Slurp and swallow, that's my motto. <clears throat> oh, people um, who drink like wine, you know, like connoisseurs. Uh, yeah. I've never seen them spit it back out, but do they on occasion? Thinking wine tasting, you're supposed to. That's what I was thinking of, yeah. But I don't know why. Why do you swirl it around and, and spit it out? Maybe because they're driving. Do you... No. Doesn't... Don't mean... Don't you know someone? Don't we know someone who does like wine tasting stuff? Do we? Is Charlie Perry? Did she say that once? I just can't remember. She does drink a lot of wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like she's probably. I'd quite like to try wine, to like do a like wine t- a vineyard tour and go around tasting wines. That'd be great. Yeah, seems all right. I don't don't really like wine that much, but it just it's be a, It's a thing to do. It is. Yeah. Um, where were we? We keep rambling. Sorry, yeah, I was just uh, welcoming everyone to the podcast. So, yeah. hello. Um, how, how are we all doing? Jay, your week, how was it? My week? Well, considering when this is coming out, most of my week hasn't happened yet. Are you optimistic about the rest of your week? You know what I am, actually. Why on earth? Well, I have a I have an assignment due tomorrow, and I'm not looking forward to that. Oh, quite frankly, it's on electrostatics, electrodynamics. Oh, stop right there! I think I'm getting an erection. You'd be the only one. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not fun. I don't really like it, but I do it. And then, 
what else is happening this week? Not a whole lot, really. I have things to film, things to do, because um, we are uploading things on YouTube now. So, by the time this goes out, we will have four music reaction slash review videos up on my YouTube channel, which is just my name, J Pennels. So we will have me. So what we have already is me reacting to Alarum by Johnny Flynn, who you spoke about last week on the podcast. I did. Um, we have you reacting to Lizzie McAlpine's Give Me a Minute, which I think is one of my favorite albums ever. Um, she has a new EP out this year as well. It came out a couple of weeks back. So we have that video up. What else do we have up? Well, we have Sexuality by Sebastian Tellier. Um, I don't want to give my I almost gave my opinion of the no, album. Yeah, don't do that. And I'm not going to do that. Um, Seth does not have another one going up because he's waiting to be able to film them better. Woo-hoo! So, yes content quality um so instead what we've got is me listening to screamadelica by primal scream exciting times yeah so apologies for um the terrible uh potato like quality of my reaction but my next one will be oh just so special so i think um i'm gonna react to the weekend album is it after hours Oh, brilliant! Yes, don't so, do that. If you're if you're on the channel, keep an eye out for that one because that'll be up probably next what on next weekend. Um, not this coming weekend, but the one after that it will be. Yeah, exciting. This I think this coming weekend will be Vaudeville Villain by Victor Vaughan. Um, and also I think a Sufjan Stevens album. Mm, Karen Lowell. Ah yes, that's the one. Yeah. So yeah, do do keep tabs on on that thing because that is happening. Yeah. So on there, it is for the time being mostly me, <laughs> but Seth will be back, and he will be taking over for a little bit after you come back with with your new recording thing because I have exams. Yeah, we're sort of spreading the load. A bit during exam period. How are you? Are you feeling sort of generally optimistic about exams, Jay? Or um... no, no, not really. I no. don't. I'm not dreading them, but I'm sort of. I'm gonna be a bit rubbish. I'll I'll get through them. I'll probably do fine, but I'm not gonna enjoy them at all. How do you feel? Um. I'm just, I just want the, yeah, just want them over with at this point. You know, they're they're, they're in about two weeks' time. I just, you know, let, let's just do it. Let's just do it. I'm really hyping myself up. Come on. Yep. <laughs> yep. Good, good job. Ah, lovely. Should we explain the concept of the podcast then? Yeah. Give us the spunk on the podcast. Oh, Seth, why do you keep? Why do you say these words? Like the juice is what I meant. Give us the juice. <laughs> The juice. <sighs> we need to have a HR meeting, I think. Human resources. Yeah. 
So what? you need you need you need to be like disciplined. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> kinky. <laughs> I hate you so much. Okay, discipline me. Oh god. I'm not gonna say daddy. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, let's put let's book that HR meeting in because um I do need it, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the your friend of a friend also probably needs um needs a needs a HR meeting. Oh yeah, no, I'll be he'll be he'll be there. He'll be there for sure. Yeah, good. Anyway, so the concept of the podcast is we changed the format a while ago. This is now the fourth episode of yeah. the new format. So that's cool. What we've got is we've each got four things from realms of media, including music and films, occasionally TV, but very rarely, and books and sort of plays when we run out of books to talk about. So we have four of these things, all from across any of these categories. I'm being very rambly today. I'm usually <laughs> a lot better for this. And there is an underlying link between three of them, but one of them, one of them is an odd one out. And the other person in the call, or the other people, generally speaking, we have other people on, but they're not here today, have to figure out what the link is, first of all, and then they have to root out the odd one out. So, we also get points for revisiting things people suggested the previous week. Mm-hmm. We had Will Vaughn on last week. He's now our most visited on guest. That was bad English. He's the person who is not me or Seth who has been on the most. Yeah, and a bloody good person. He's all right. He do- he does his best. Yeah, he does. Um, so did I listen to or watch or read any of your stuff from last week? Well, yes. Let's quickly talk about what Will suggested, seeing ah. as he's not here, so we don't accidentally forget what he was on going on and on about. He came on to talk about Battleship. No fucking awful film. Didn't watch. I didn't watch either. I've seen it ages and ages ago, but I didn't revisit it because he said it. <laughs> because I didn't want to. Because it's garbage. Yeah. He also talked about the casual vacancy. I think it's a casual vacancy. I can't remember. I, I thought about this, but then I, when I listened to that, I think I think we used both in the podcast, and I can't tell us which one it is. I think it's a. Ca- I think it's a casual vacancy. Anyway, yeah. The but J. that's K. the J.K. Rowling thing that immediately followed Harry Potter and uh, was a bit rubbish. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any of us looked at that after no. Will came on. We've also got Jupiter Ascending. No, I avoided not. that like the plague. <clears throat> yeah. And then the last thing was, of course... Uh, onward. Yes. Blimey. Almost didn't get that, but yeah. I almost watched it. I almost watched it as well. Half a point each. Hmm? Half a point each. What, for almost watching a thing? No point, is there? That's what I was going to say before you interrupted me. Yeah, no point. Well, no points. Literally no points for either of us. Literally no points. Um, Revisiting Will's things. Well, to be fair, they were um, picked because they were flops. So, I mean, I wasn't going to be... 
Most but I think it. Onward is supposed to actually be a good thing. It just opened at a very, very bad time. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, no, that is on the watch list, to be fair. Yeah. Um, what else did you talk about? <clears throat> um, I talked about uh, The Dig. Um, yes, the Rafe Fiennes film. Yeah. I did not watch. You'd like it. It's. Um, I probably would. Probably would. Um, and I also talked about wildlife, which probably wouldn't. Well, you might like it again, but it's okay. Um, and I talked about uh, oh uh, the Richard Osman Thursday Murder Club book. Yes, I I know very much of that. Haven't read it yet. I am meaning was... to. I have it. Um, I have it that has been nicked by my housemate. Because I threw it at her, but <laughs> yeah, there's you're... there's a good reason for me throwing it at her. She asked for it. <laughs> she asked to be, you know, subjected to you throwing a book at her. Yep. Well, look, for, I've got no sympathy for either of you there whatsoever. She, yep. I mean, I don't see why why you don't have sympathy for me. She stole one of my possessions. She baited you to lob one of your possessions at her. She then confiscated said possession. No. She is incapable of getting up in the morning, or was, so needed to be woken up. And I did that by throwing things at her. Yeah. See, no, I'm not, I'm not you know sympathising with you. I threw stuff. other things at her that she did not then that she gave back. Yes, but that's not her setting a precedent for you to keep throwing stuff at her and getting it back and not having any consequences. She only stole the thing that I threw at her because she wanted to read it. Well, good. If someone lobbed a gold bar at my head to wake me up, I'd keep the gold bar. Would you? Yes, I would. I can see why you would. <laughs> Who's the throwing a fucking gold bar though? Why? Um, you just why don't you just throw a book? I, I would also keep the book. I think if anyone throws anything at me, I'd probably keep it unless it's like a used condom or like something disgusting. Right, okay. I would keep that. Obviously, yeah. Um, okay. where were we? I can't remember what my other option was. Um, so I'm sorry about that. It was people that. Um, start doing something and then go on to do something else in another medium. Yeah. Oh, Wildlife was directed by by a, by an actor who who became a director. Paul Dano. Oh, my other one was 1975. Um, oh yeah. One, but that was unrelated. Yeah, that was it. I talked about uh, lots of things that made you and Will very angry <laughs> because my link was very good, but also very bad just very on the surface that like it, it was what we call a seth link it, yeah it was it was what is called a seth link in that yeah. they were all just names but one of them didn't have the surname so it was the odd one out so Igor by tyler the creator mm-hmm. no fair enough erin brockovich i put it on my watch list on netflix but it's still a note Fine. Um, Oliver Twist. Um, no, I'm still struggling through great expectations. Uh, it's going to be a long time until I get onto Oliver Twist or any Dickens ever again. Yeah, that's fair enough. Eliza Doolittle. 
Um, no, could have done though. But to tell you what, this is a bit of a going out on a bit of a win here. I did listen to Black Star David Bowie, which you recommended um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, do I do I get anything for that? It was my first time listening to it properly, so I mean, no, you don't get any points for that. Brilliant. You don't get okay. points for being two weeks late. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't tend to get points for being two weeks late, so that's fair enough. Well, technically, only one week late, but true, one week late. That is true. But anywho, we're on. We're both. We're both starting on zero points. I could make an argument for getting a point for being one week late, actually. Could um, you? Yeah, because our uh, we've got a no detriment policy at the moment, which is a one week automatic extension on all our deadlines. So because of COVID, I'm going to appeal to a better nature and say I've been a bit slow. Can you I have are a very slow? Can I have a point? No. Good argument. Half a point. No. Do you know what? I won't need it because <clears throat> um, I think I'm going to win today. Do you? Okay. That's interesting. Shall I give you my options? Mm. Yeah, go on then. We've, we're quite a way into this recording and we haven't actually started the podcast yet, so... Let's have a go. Too good a time as any. Right, so my selections for this week are Adaptation by Spunk Jones, 2002. Are you going to do that voice? Yes, I am. Coming in at number two, we've got Deadpool by Tim Miller, the 2016 movie. What else is it going to be? It could be the comic. The voice is gone. It went from, like, trailer. It, I think it started off English, and it went Amer- It got American as we went on. Anyway, my third option is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Definitely, yeah, that is a weird voice. It's definitely what she spelled like, though. Is uh, it? My fourth and final selection is X Gone, Give It To You. Uh, the song by DMX. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, that's in Deadpool. That's in the trailer for Deadpool. Is it? Yeah. All right. You know best. So you're thinking, um, you're thinking Jane Eyre adaptation is probably the wrong one. The odd one out. No. No. I'm just, I'm just, I just know that X Gorn Gavichia is in the Deadpool trailer. It is. It's easily a red herring, and I think it probably is. It would be a very good red herring, to be fair. Anyway, your list. Mine. We have Mmm Food by MF Doom. Mmm Food. MF Doom. Is that an album? Yeah. Good. I don't know what else it would be. Recipe book, maybe. Mmm, food. <laughs> MF Doom. Um, we have Spider-Man, Far From Home. Okay, yeah. We've also got Gone Girl, the film. Ooh, lovely. By, what's his name, who's really precise? Mr. Pincher. F- David Fincher, yes. Mm. 
Yes. And we also have a whiplash. <gasps> oh, you're going to have fun today. Yes. <laughs> um, by uh, Damien Chazelle. That's a name that I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, he's been slacking recently. He's meant to be doing something, isn't he? I would have thought so. The last thing he did was the um, Neil Armstrong film. Oh, yeah. Still haven't seen that, actually. No, me neither. I don't really know if I'm interested enough. No, it's... It's probably good. Yeah, but how, like... This is the thing with space films. Like... No, uh, I don't know. I just think, how interesting can a biopic about Neil Armstrong be? I mean, admittedly, he's one of the more interesting figures, probably, because he went to the moon. But, mm, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You really made a a suggestive noise there. Suggestive in the toiletry way. Uh, Yeah, I um, I was caught short on toilet roll just yesterday, actually. Um... Basically, at the start of the year, my parents bought me this, like, massive industry packet of toilet roll. And it lasted me from September up until yesterday. So pretty, pretty impressive. So I wasn't, I wasn't even, I haven't been thinking about buying toilet paper. I haven't bought toilet paper for, you know, what, six months? But I did buy some yesterday. Well done. Well done, Seth. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um... Shall we talk about your list first? Is that okay with you? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So, um, it's going to have to be um, food, MF Doom, that we start with, because I think I know stuff about the other things. Okay. So, um, food is a hip-hop album by um, MF Doom from the year 2004. He had a massive year in 2004, in that he released three albums. <laughs> Blimey. Yeah. That's like, you know, Taylor Swift massive. Yeah, that's it's mad. He also released Mad Villainy, which is a collab with um, Madlib, who's a producer. And I can't remember the other album that he came out with. Um, but... <sighs> I mean, he came out with um, Vaudeville Villain... Um, in 2003 and yeah he was very active in the early noughties <laughs> so I've, I've got to ask was it sort of quantity over quality with these albums or <laughs> oh no he's no. regarded as one of if not the best rapper ever I've never even heard of him okay well, he, he was very private. He was a very private person. He always wore a mask um, that was essentially um, the Doctor Doom mask from the Marvel comics. Interesting. Um, so his, his name, MF Doom, stands for Metal Face Doom. Because he has the Metal Face mask of Doctor Doom. Who's Doctor Doom in, in the comic universe? He sounds so familiar. Um, Victor Vaughn. So he originally appears in the Fantastic Four. Right. Okay. Yeah. And he appears a lot in the Spider-Man's. I think. 
Yeah. Mm, uh, he's very much in that sort of vein, very sciencey. Mm. Um, yeah, it, there's a lot of sampling in MF Doom's work of old comic book TV shows, like the animation ones, and they're worked in so well and so precise, and it's great. And the beats are always so on point, and the his rhyme schemes and the way he raps is so clever. Because the rhymes are so tight and they're so packed with meaning and punchlines, and they're very nerdy. <laughs> they're very, <laughs> they're very, very nerdy. He calls himself a nerd a lot, um, and oh, the whole album is just brilliant. The, it follows the theme of food throughout. Like the first track is beef rap, then you get hoe cakes. Potholders, one beer, deep fried friends, poop up platter, fill it a wrapper, gumbo, fig leaf bicarbonate, concarni, Guinnesses, conqueso, rap snitch nis, rap snitch nisses, n- <laughs> can't say that, but that's brilliant because the hook for it is essentially rap snitches. T- no, never mind. I'm editing that. Rap snitches. Rap snitch, rap snitch niches. I can't say the title of it. Never I'm mind. Serious trouble with with that title. I really am. Vomit spit and then cookies. That's the whole track list. There's like 15 tracks, so it's like an hour long. Um, it's such a good album, and yeah, I love it. I think it's great. No, and it mm, and mm, food is an anagram of MF Doom. There, so it is. Well, I never. If your link was something to do with anagrams, that'd be really good. I wish it was. That would be clever. I know. Um, see, I've got a lot of stuff going on in my head at the moment, as always. Um, I'm thinking nerdy. I'm thinking Spider-Man, because Peter Parker's a bit of a nerd. Um, but I don't know how nerdy would link to Whiplash. And then again, the wearing a mask is just like so obviously Spider-Man related, but not related to any of the others. Something something that MF Doom always used to do, which is amazing. He passed away last year, sadly. He passed away, about, I think about Halloween last year. And then his family, because he was a very private person, um, it gave his family space to not announce his death until January. Oh, that's nice. And, and nobody, nobody really noticed, per se, until people didn't know, you couldn't tell, because he kept himself to himself. Like, his real name was Daniel Dumoulin, but that wasn't... He always came on with the persona of Doom for a really long time. And when he went to concerts, when he did like live performances... Sometimes he had this persona of the villain, right? So he um, he would send out what got nicknamed Doombots, who were people who would wear the mask and go up on stage and pretend to be Doom, and he would just not show up, <laughs> not, not not be there. He'd just pay someone else to do the show. There were a number of times where Doombots got found out and people were so angry, but it's so in fitting with 
the persona of the villain that it's sort of beautiful. Yeah, I feel like the first time that happened, people would be rightfully annoyed. But when he keeps doing it, you sort of go, yeah. I sort of asked for this. Part of the risk, I'd imagine. Part of the fun, maybe. Oh, yeah. You go to a, you go to a Doom concert, and you come away from it, and you go, I wonder, was that him or was that a Doom bot? We'll never know. Did yeah. they... Did- did he announce after after the concerts like, oh, that was me, or, oh, that was a Doom Box, or did nope. he just leave it? Brilliant. That's fun. It's great. That is good. <laughs> wow, so Rooney. I... I'm not going to hazard a guess um, yet, but that just sounds like a really fun album. It's, it's really good. And I... Yeah, so we've got Vaudeville Villain. My reaction to that coming up this this week, which is another album by him, but in the persona of Victor Vaughan, which is like an early stage of MF Doom. It's like it's almost like his alter ego, or like the early days yeah. before he progresses into the villain, um, which I think I missed initially in my reaction. But that's great, and I hadn't heard that before, so I gave myself permission to go listen to that. That was that's awesome as well. His whole catalogue is so consistent um, and so good. I mean, yeah, I listened to Mad Villainy today as well, which is also an incredible album. Mm. <laughs> so so good. Like the production of it from Madlib is you can see why he's the best to to do it and then comp- and then with his pairing with doom you can see that they're both at the top of their game no nobody can match them nobody absolutely nobody hmm is this mf doom's best album do you think in your opinion or is it your favorite or or what no. No. I don't know. I think Mad Villainy might be better. But okay. um and I don't think I've listened to Vaudeville Villain enough to know if I if I think it's better. I think it's definitely on a par. And there's Operation Doomsday as well, which I think is his first album in the Persona of Doom, which came out in nineteen ninety nine. And I haven't managed to listen to that all the way through either, but I know that that's supposed to be really good as well. And then he has an album later on in his career, like 2012, called Born Like This, which is also very good because it's still Doom, and he's just, he knows how to do it. He's a craftsman mm. of of his of his art. So, and there's a, there's a song on Born Like This called That's That, where he shows off such incredible rhyming technique like internal rhyme schemes like it i think it starts like already woke sped a joke belly spoke stared at folks properly provoked mirror broke damn and it carries on like that for about a minute and a half <laughs> in, 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 a, in such a similar rhyme scheme but it's still packed with meaning Is and that, packed with punchlines and it's yeah. funny and entertaining and engrossing God, everybody should listen to Doom. Everybody. All right, look, 
I might give it a listen. I'll get a point for it, so I might actually give it a listen. Um, and if I like it, I'll give other stuff a listen. Alter egos are interesting, aren't they? I feel like they'd be tiring. I'd like to give one a go, but imagine keeping it up whenever you're in public. Yeah, I guess it would be quite hard. Well, that'd be the difficulty. Anyway, I think it depends on what alter e- what your alter ego is. It it does de- like you've got the alter egos where they just play like a caricature of themselves, which I feel like I could do, and you could do. Yeah. Without too much difficulty, that might be quite fun. Um, but it's like when they're so like strikingly different to how you actually are. Yeah. I feel like there's there's probably an element of alter ego with us doing doing this podcast because we are aware whilst we're doing it that we are presenting this to other people. Yeah. Like this is going out to an audience that we are not in control of. So we have to control how we behave in our presentation to them. Mm. So like they're not going to f- ever like fully understand what we are whilst we do this we are versions of ourselves yeah the the nerdy versions who like talking about stuff or who only make dirty jokes <laughs> yeah. like that's that's what we are on on the podcast but there's a lot of other stuff yeah what... so it's still an element of performance and persona yeah it's interesting but an, an alter ego is a is a hyper extension mm. of that yeah, it's interesting to think of us as um, personas of ourselves. I quite like that. Yeah, that's fun. That's cool. Um. Anyway, look. No, I'm not going to hazard a guess yet, but I'm thinking along the lines of alter egos. Okay. Um. So I'm thinking Gone Girl's the other one out at the moment, but we will see. Um. Do you want to pick one off my list? Yeah, go on then. I think. Why? <laughs> I just I just looked down at my notes and I put it's going to give it to you. And instead of writing DMX, I started the D and then carried on and just wrote Deadpool because <laughs> I was saying Deadpool at the time. Yeah. Um, so DMX recently passed away. Yeah. Um, which was very sudden and very sad. Of course, I think he died of a. I can't remember how he died. I think it may have been an overdose of some sort. Um, but I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think that's just a thing. It's an interesting contrast there between um, the handling of, of DMX passing away between the handling of Doom passing away. Because DMX was a much more public figure. Mm. Much more openly public figure. So when he was hospitalised for his overdose, that was in the news. And there was about like a week long of people who had been part of the hip hop community for a really long time, you know, say pray for DMX. It's really hope he pulls through all this sort of stuff. So the family was, they hadn't got the space Mm -hmm. because it was all public. And then of course he passed away. So that, and then you have the, the contrast with doom was like, he passed away early November, late October, and they had the space to announce that when they felt ready to, 
I think that's always going to be the difficulty with celebrities um, when they pass away is that you've got this thing where obviously the general public will mourn them Mm. um, but not in the way that a family will. Uh, We will mourn them because we liked their stuff that they produced and they won't be producing any more of that stuff. And maybe we like their personalities as well but again that's a that's a personality that they choose to present to us. That's probably not accurately themselves. So I feel like the families need the time to get to grips with um, a passing that's like, it's that whole thing where like, oh, like we're all, it feels like vultures, doesn't it, almost, sometimes. Like, yeah, we're circling around and going, oh, I, I really, and there's always that thing, isn't it, where obviously someone dies and they become more famous because everyone starts loving them after they pass away because I don't know why it happens really I, I, like it it becomes so so much part of the public consciousness because it's an it, it's an information culture um a social media culture so you get this whole buzz and so people are sort of forced to confront this person and if they didn't know this person before they pass, they passed. They go, oh, this person has died. Apparently, lots of people really love this person. I wonder what they're about, and they go check them out. Mm-hmm. I did. I did that with Mac Miller, although not immediately after his passing. I only did it a couple of months ago. But I'm aware of. I've been listening to a lot more hip hop recently, and I'm aware of the impact that he has had. And continues to have on the hip hop community. Um, so I checked him out, checked out his music. I really like it, mm. but I wouldn't. I don't think I would have gone to it necessarily if he was still alive. Mm. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't have. It's an interesting thing. But yeah, let's not talk about X. Go and give it to you. Okay. <laughs> what are we gonna talk about? Let's talk about Jane Eyre. We've oh, talked about okay. Jane Eyre before, haven't we? Possibly, maybe, yeah, yeah. I think we might have done. Um, Josh Dixie talked about it. Maybe. Well, he did recommend me the book, not on the podcast. Well, yes, on the podcast and off the podcast. He, yes, he did recommend me the book. Um, yeah. And it's a good book. Um, I'm sure we all know the story. We've got a an orphaned Jane Eyre who grows up among a family who treat her like rubbish and then she goes away to boarding school becomes a governess um falls in love with the parent of the of her student and um she's something like 17 he's like 35 so a bit of an age gap there um and it's sort of about their them falling in love i guess um and obviously because it's like a bronte book you've got this supernatural element as well like a random ghost here or there a stopped marriage but this and that um it's very it's, it's super interesting um i i think josh talked about this as well how when she released it she passed it off as like an autobiography oh and that stuck for a while um until she's like haha it's not really an autobiography it's it's just fiction i don't know how people bought it as an autobiography because it's a bit fantastical but i guess you know 19th century people were not not dumb, but they loved. Um, they really sucked up all of that supernatural bollocks, didn't they? Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, it's good, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a pet peeve with it, which is um, that Jane Eyre, I mean, sorry, Charlotte Bronte writes the book to the reader. Um, so she says, dear reader, and by the way, reader, and reader, the, the famous quote is, reader, I loved him. And it, it's um, it gets a bit corny i don't know what it makes sense in the context of oh she's passing off as a as an autobiography oh okay that might be why why all the dear reader stuff is in there but then you think "Mm, okay now it's actually not an autobiography and it's just a book in first person that doesn't need to be in there it feels a bit odd it breaks the illusion a little bit um it's a thought yeah it's a fourth wall break, basically. Just a a, a, um, a literacy one, if you will. And I think you you know my... You're, you're smiling. Yeah, because you're smiling. I feel like you know my... I feel like you're reading me. I feel like you, you, you know. You're just giving off this omniscient vibe. Omniscient? Is that all-knowing? Yes. There we go. That's the one. I was just pointing it out, because it sounds like a compliment. But only... only what? Um, yes, fine. Look, you just seem to know what my... Go on then. What is it? Just tell me. Well, it seems as though, at the moment, it is likely to be fourth wall breaks, and the odd one out would probably be... Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know about adaptation, but given that it is a Spike Jones film, who also made um, Being John Malkovich, um, that is likely to have fourth wall breaks in it and the X gone give it to you being in the Deadpool soundtrack is the red herring and the odd one out but I'm not going to say that for sure I'm going to leave it and we'll talk about adaptation in a little bit okay. but do you want to pick out something of mine that you want to talk about I think I bloody well will I think I will pick out Gone Girl, please. Gone Girl? Yes. Lovely. It's adapted from a book. Um, yeah, don't tell me who the author is, because I feel like I I, I, I know it. Oh, God. Is it like Gillian something? Gillian you know? Flynn. Is it Gillian Flynn? Yeah, I think so. Brilliant. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well oh, done. Thank you. Well, not really. I, I couldn't actually remember that until you said the word Gillian. Yeah, Gillian Flynn it is. So, it's adapted from from that book. The it was a smash novel. It was very popular at the time uh, when it was made. It was a very popular novel at the time. Um, very new, not very new, but it was a new spin on a genre. Why are you laughing? <laughs> What's Ross wrong? Mm. Just, um, it was a very popular novel at the time. It was very new. I thought we were just going to leave it there. It was new at the time. <laughs> it was new! It was a new book and it was popular. Yeah, I was thinking, yes. Yes, I suppose that must have been at some point. But go on. Yeah, it was a new spin on something. It was... Right, let's talk about the film, because my link is part of the film. Okay. So, Ben Affleck and... Rosman Pike. Yes, thank you. Welcome. 
are a couple, and Rosamund Pike goes missing. And the girl is gone. The girl is gone. Suddenly, and everybody suspects that Ben Affleck, who did done play Batman, killed her. Um, and so he he knows he didn't done kill her, and he spends the whole film trying to look for her and prove he didn't done kill her. And then, spoilers, this is I'm just going to spoil the film. Yeah, she just wanted him to get done for her murder and then she so she disappeared with a bloke no i don't think initially with a bloke Mm -hmm. but she did get with a bloke neil patrick harris type bloke and then she offed him and then she comes back and then it's a big publicity thing and then she basically manipulates him and it's a really toxic relationship and it's really horrible and they're both shitty people, and that's it. Yeah. Do you know the the thing I remember most about Gone Girl is is um so but when Ben Affleck's getting all this publicity, um they one of the newspaper articles um calls him out for being incest with his twin sister. I think he did do that. Yeah. And um, I was watching it with Daniel, my my twin brother, and. Did it inspire you? We made out, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we well, we just thought it was funny. <laughs> Basically, um, how do you feel about the film, though? Are you are you a, a, a fan? I quite liked it. I thought it was really good. I think it's really well, really well done. Mm. It has a very definite aesthetic. Yeah. It's quite grey. But it is a really well-made film. And it's a very gripping story when you don't know it first time round. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if it holds up particularly well on a rewatch. Because I haven't. But I'd guess not. Probably. I don't know, maybe. I, f- I, f- I think like the first hour is like super entertaining. Yeah. Um, and then it's revealed... The the spoiler is revealed, and for about ten minutes of the Rosman Pike expositionary, I did this and I framed him like this stuff. You're like, wow, that's super impressive, and then the film goes on for another hour and a half, and then you think, mm, like, I, I don't know, it, it it didn't lose me in that last hour and a half, but I just preferred the first hour definitely. It's, I think it might be a little bit more suspenseful in the beginning. Yeah. And then you get to the point where you're going, okay, so this is interesting. How is this going to pan out? But it takes a while for it to pan out. Yeah. Would you would you say that there's like any alter ego stuff involved in the film like Rosamund Pike's character I mean she's a very complex character she's um what they're both very duplicitous yeah but they're not really alter egos no they're just they are trying to like present themselves to the media in a certain way yeah but it's not really an alter ego I would say no I don't think so just checking really um that was the last film David Finch did in a long time. I think that was his last one until Mank last year, wasn't it? Where was it? 
He's been doing um, uh, Manhunter. Mindhunter. Mindhunter. And House of Cards as well. Oh, and House of Cards. That shit show. Yeah. Literal, literal shit show. Apparently. It, it, kind, of, it kind of collapsed yeah. in the last series. Although Mindhunter... Did you watch much of Mindhunter? Yeah, I've watched it all and I think it's great. I've watched like the first six episodes of the first season. Um... It, it it never really it seemed to now I, when I looked into like what it was actually trying to do it was like very accurate and very well done and very precise yeah because uh, it's basically like recreations of interviews with psychopaths essentially right yeah um which is fine but I, it just ah it didn't it seemed to not get going but now I understand why there's nothing really to get going because it was just a series of interviews it's quite a slow burn yeah. Yeah, the second series is very. It's not. I would. I nearly said it's very different. It's not very different, but there are differences. It's really good. Really good. I'm sure I will finish it at some point. I'm sure. Um, okay. Can I? Um, I'm gonna say that Gone Girl is the odd one out. Oh, wait, no. Hold on. Um, you get three points for the link, don't we? And one point for identifying the odd one out. Uh, I think it's other way around. So it's two points for identifying the odd one out and one point for the link. Okay. Um, okay. So two points for identifying the odd one out. Yeah. Right. So if I get the link wrong, I can still later pick up two points. Yeah. Collateral damage then. Okay. So I'm going to go for... I think your link. No, I'm not going to go for it yet. <laughs> I backed hey, out. pussied out. I backed out. Got cold feet. Oh, well, look, what do you want to ask me about? Adaptation. Adaptation is a film by the famous pairing of Spike Jones directing and Charlie Kaufman screenwriting. It's a good pairing. It's worked before. You know, they're both good at what they do. Um, and it's as soon like you're introduced to it straight away and you've got Nicolas Cage who is playing the screenwriter he's playing Charlie Kaufman um at at the point in time where Charlie Kaufman was writing being John Malkovich and straight away you're like okay yeah I'm watching a Spike Jones film this is um super meta what we've got going on is we've got um Charlie Kaufman the character who is writing the screenplay for a previous film that he wrote the screenplay for um and at one point in that film they go onto the set of being john malkovich and like they've got the cast members there and they're actually on like the set of it and he's just like watching it and it's <laughs> super weird um but yeah so I, it's got nicholas cage um meryl streep and chris cooper are sort of the three leads um the plot's a bit all over the place as it would be um Charlie Kaufman, Nicolas Cage, won an Oscar for it, actually, because he plays two people. He plays his own twin as well. Um, and he's trying to write a screenplay, but it's got Mind Blank, um, Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper. No, Meryl Streep is a journalist and she is interviewing Chris Cooper about plants and weed and cocaine and stuff. And there's a big showdown at the end in a lake with alligators and shotguns. What? Yeah. It, it escalates quickly. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a weird one. I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't like huge on it. I don't, I really don't know how I felt about it. It was just like, felt like it was trying to be like just a bit too clever and like not interesting enough for me. Yeah. Does he, does he like refer to the audience a lot in the, in the film, like fourth wall breaks and stuff? Yes. Yeah. There are a couple of fourth wall breaks, mostly in like the, more in like the, the meta way that it's done. Yeah. Um, self-referential stuff but yeah it's it's good if you want something something unique um did you watch i, th- I can't remember who it was it was spike jones or charlie kaufman the netflix film last year i'm thinking of ending things oh um no i haven't seen it i've heard a lot about it what have you heard about it good or bad i've heard that it takes like a i feel like it's probably one of those things where you have to go into it with a certain mindset. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think I had the right mindset when I went into it. Um, it's So you've got like this voiceover of the female lead, and she's like in her own thoughts voicing over, and her partner keeps hearing her and responding to her. Like, what? And she goes, oh, nothing. It's the whole flea bag, um, hot priest flea bag thing in season two. Where yeah, he- yeah, yeah hear what she's saying when she's breaking the fourth wall it's very weird anyway worth a watch maybe yeah okay well your your link is clear yeah they feature fourth wall breaks yeah they do yeah yeah and the odd one out is x go and give it to you yeah because because although it does connect to deadpool it does yeah because it was in the trailer and you knew that (laughs) you tried to play it off and it didn't work. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah, that's the old one out. You're correct. Yeah, well done. Nice going. Three points to Mr. Panels. Nicely done. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Deadpool for a bit? I mean, we. I feel like people know about Deadpool. Yeah, it's all right. It's a dirty superhero movie with lots of fourth wall breaks and self-referential stuff yeah i i get tired of it i think a little bit i get even more tired of the second one second one's all right yeah i think i am i've only seen the second one once yeah i felt like i get more tired of the first one because although it is very funny you sort of go can we the story isn't really that gripping no well it's a back the thing is it's a lot of backstory in the first one for the first hour and once you yeah. know that on rewatch you're just thinking let's get to the main plot which there isn't really much of it's just him hunting down francis and finding francis yeah um it's not <laughs> it's a series of jokes that don't land as well on the second viewing mm. i think but it's I still like it yeah, I still like it. It's still super funny and fun and makes you feel cool when you're watching it. It's a very different Marvel film, but... Which is probably what they needed around that time. Yeah, so Deadpool, not as good on rewatch. Um, possibly still a fun film. Right, back to your uh, list. Do you want to try and um, redeem yourself? Yeah, okay. Last one I'm going to talk about is Whiplash. Um, so talk to me about that, specifically in light of... Um, J.K. Simmons' character, please. J.K. Simmons' character? 
Mm. Why do you want to talk about J.K. Simmons' character? I feel like he has a bit of an alter ego to him because he can play it. He at the start of the movie, he's playing it really nicely towards Miles Teller. He's saying stuff like, "Hey, just do your best, do what you can. It's a safe space. We're all going to appreciate you." And then he throws a fucking chair at him and says, "You're shit." It's not really an alter ego. Put him on a mask, maybe. No, not really. Okay, then go on. I'll think differently. <laughs> There's not an alter ego. He's just that. That is just who he is as a person. And that's how he how he feels he can get results out of people. Something that is interesting though, I've only remembered today, J.K. Simmons was in the original Spider Man films. <laughs> yeah, and he was in Far From Home as well. Was he? Right at the end. Post credit scene. He was and of course, Miles Teller was in the the really, really terrible Fantastic Four film. Yeah. So actually, I read that J.K. Simmons is now the person who's been in the Spider-Man universe for the longest on screen. I mean, it makes logical sense, doesn't it? Bit of fun. Because he's been in a lot of them. Yeah, first one and last, most recent one. No, yeah. no, it's the boxes. Did you see that funny um, Spider-Man? Okay, so they've got the they've got the third one coming out soon, don't they? Marvel have recently just have released like the next like two or three years of films that they're coming out with. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, good. I think at the end of this year we've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh my god! (laughs) They're doing multiverse stuff. That sounds like exactly what I want it to be. Um, and I think Wonder will be in it as well, which will be nice. Hopefully linking with the series a bit. Lovely. That will be cool. And, of course, um, yeah, we've got Spider-Man at the end of this year. In the summer, we've got Black Widow. Black Widow, yeah, that's the next one, surely. And we've also got, um, I think, I can't remember the name of the thing, but the Ten Rings one. That's Chloe Zayo, isn't it, directing that? I don't know. Maybe. I think it is. I think that looks really good. I think that'll be great. I think a lot of them will be great. Because Marvel have sort of gotten their formula down now. Mm. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, so, Whiplash. <laughs> yeah. We, we, I think a lot of people know the story. So you get yeah. a nerdy yeah. drummer boy goes to a big school gets in the big band and then gets bullied like shit and then becomes obsessive over pleasing the abusive drum teacher or the abusive band leader even jk simmons feels like he's perfectly valid in all his horrible abuse then he gets fired because he's a cock Mm. and then miles teller gets thrown out of uni and then they sort of end the film sort of having a minor bit of respect for each other. Yeah, after a 15-minute drum solo or something. Yeah, it's about 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, look... I really like the film. I think it's great. Oh, it is really good. I've only seen it twice, I think. I don't yeah, know. I've seen it a few times. I think it's one of my favourites. It's definitely up there. Yeah. The soundtrack to it is great. And some of the jazz analogies are a bit off 
or a bit like stretched the truth a little bit, but they sort of fit. That's got Damien Chazelle came under similar criticism for La La Land, didn't he? Yeah. The, the jazz musical. It's <laughs> not a jazz musical. No. It's a musical that has jazz in it. Very minimal jazz. It's a very it's a very restrict it's a very small it's a quite a narrow definition of jazz. Mm. He defines jazz as the thing from the fifties. The thing in the clubs. That yeah, <laughs> the thing that Delonious Monk did. Look, now, um, I think it's something to do with pairings, but I don't. I still don't know, because um, you talked about uh, MF Doom and this other guy, whose name I've forgotten, and they were like collaborating and working together and pushing each other to being the best at their game, top of their game. Whiplash. You've got Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons pushing each other to be well, more J.K. Simmons to Miles Teller pushing him to be the top of his game. Gone Girl. You've got these two characters who are manipulative. And and manipulative, there's a good word. Hello. Manipulative is in Gone Girl and Whiplash, but not in... Anyway, they're pushing each other. They really bounce off each other and, and push each other to extremes. Pushing each other to extremes. Um, could be your link, but it wouldn't fit in with Far From Home. I'm going to ask you about Far From Home anyway, because it's the last one. Let's talk about it quickly. So, more connections to the Marvel Universe. Obviously, a lot more direct now. Spider-Man, Far From Home, it's really good. You've got like hints at the multiverse in it with Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio um, that is then very cleverly quashed. It really cocked his that. I was so excited. Yeah, and then they just pulled a nope on you. <laughs> and, like, they, pulled the, they pulled the rug out from under your feet in such a satisfying way. Mm. Like, oh, but I really wanted it, but oh, it's not here. Yeah. But that was so clever. <laughs> it's a really good film. Do you prefer it to the first one, do you think? Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you've got Gyllenhaal's character who starts off as a good guy and is actually a bit of a dick. Well, a massive dick. He's a massive dick, yeah. And you've got Sam Jackson in it. Oh, yeah. Well, he, well yes and no to Nick Fury being in it. Huh? Well, he's actually a He's revealed in the post-credit scene that Nick Fury was just on holiday the whole time, and it's just a, uh, just a, just a scroll. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten that. That is quite cool. I it's... forgot the whole Captain Marvel film. That I really love that detail, and the scroll are now involved in the MCU. That was fun because they are so cool. Mm. I would love to see a good Fantastic Four film. Oh, well, how I would love to see one. That would be so good. That would be lovely. Just I, I don't think my I, day. I feel like it's failed a bit too many times now. It's failed twice. Yeah, well, they did two yeah. films that were both meh at best, and then they did another one which was absolute garbage. Although Silver Surf is still a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, it's alright, but it's not good. No, 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 it's not good. Um, that's all your stuff talked about, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm still, still struggling. I'm going to have to go for It's like in Whiplash and Gone Girl. Oh, no, you've got like good people that are actually bad. It's like duplicity. 
And MF Doom is, is like Mysterio in that he was a good guy posing was as he? a bad guy. Bad guy posing as a good guy. Whatever. Vice versa. Don't think he, I don't think he does that. Well, yeah. no, he said he's got this old alter ego where he's like a supervillain. He's he's not. There's not his alter ego. That's I. I mean, it is his alter ego, but I mean, the whole thing about Doom is he is a villain. He's never not a villain. The villain. 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 There's too much going on here. Um, because there's villains in all of them, really. And there's duplicity in a couple of them. There's um, good guys, bad guys, masks. I'm just saying words now. I don't want to say I don't know, but let's go for the odd one out first. And if I get the odd one out right, then I might have a shot at the link. So is the odd one out. I really feel like the odd one out is um, Gone Girl. Correct. Yes, I've got two points. Yeah, you have. Shittity good. Right, now I just need to figure out what this link is. So what connects mm, food, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Whiplash, but doesn't connect to Gone Girl? Oh, man, it's tricky, isn't it? I can see so many comparisons between mm, food and Far From Home, and I don't know why Whiplash comes into any of it. At all. Um, good guys, bad guys, isn't it? It's got to be. Ah, no, come on. Can't lose. You're going to have to edit so much of this out. Um, now, got... This is all staying in. This, this <laughs> complete mental collapse is all staying in. I just can't. Pseudonyms, no. Um, <laughs> comic y stuff, no. There's nothing comic in Whiplash. Except J.K. Simmons. <laughs> um, mm, private people. No. You say... Jay, I don't know. I don't fucking know. And it's tearing me up. You're going to hate me so much. <laughs> No, wait, if it's so fucking stupid, I don't want to... Is it a bad link? Not really. All right, come on then, what is it? Mmm, food. You've got MF Doom, who takes his inspiration for his alter ego from Doctor Doom of the Marvel Universe. Spider-Man is Marvel. Whiplash, the two central characters, have both been heavily involved in Marvel projects. Gone Girl was supposed to be a throw you off because Ben Affleck was part of the DCU. Marvel. Your, your link is, is Marvel. Yeah, my link is Marvel. That's not a bad link. Um, Should have got it. Didn't. You, you, even, you even kept throwing me the Fantastic Four bone. And we talked in length about J.K. Simmons and Spider-Man. Um, and when we were talking about Gongo, I dropped in 
Ben Affleck, who played Batman. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, 3-2. I will be humble in my defeat because um, I could have got it, maybe. You were close. You did say comic things, and then you just went, no. Because somehow that didn't link to Whiplash, even though we talked talked about it. Yeah. Well, well, well. Huff. That's okay. It's a good game, isn't it? It is a bloody good game, yeah. It's sort of more fun when you're you're struggling like that. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't get it. To be honest, who's the real winner? Who had more fun? Me, arguably. Really, you didn't sound like you were having fun. Did I? Oh no, no, that was that was good. <laughs> We've done well today. We've covered a lot. We have covered a bloody lot. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, if you listened and cared about what we had to say, or if you just listened, that's just fine as well. Yeah, well done. Good, good job, guys. Proud of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to the end. We have got other things coming up soon. Obviously, more podcasts. We'll be back next week. And got other things going on, which we talked about earlier. Those are cool things. If you want to go check those out, you can. Um, do we have anything else going on? don't think we do. No, not for them. Not for them to see. No. <laughs> We've got lots of things going on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Keep keep an ear to the ground, just like half an ear for when they drop, because they will be very, very quiet. <laughs> like everything we do, we do it, and then we don't announce it, and then it just goes away. It's like pissing into a lake, but without any ripples. The lake just absorbs it. <laughs> yes. Look. Okay. Right, well, thank you for listening to the end, everyone. Join us next time on Connecting Vade Dots. It's a goodbye from me. Yeah, and it's a goodbye from me. Look after yourselves.